This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Hello and welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. I'm John Roseman, your host, and the show is called Because I Said So. It is called Because I Said So, Because I Said So. Those of you who are regular listeners or not first-time listeners know that I am a family psychologist who does not believe in psychology. I am the author of about 15 books on parenting, as we now call it, and family issues. I write a nationally syndicated newspaper column that appears depending on the week, in somewhere between 200 and 250 newspapers around the country. And I spend much of my time during the school year from August through May running around the country speaking in churches and Christian schools primarily, although I do speak in some secular environments as well. And by the way, if you are interested in exploring the possibility of having me speak at your church or school, all you need to do is go to my website at John Rosemond, that's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com, JohnRosemond.com, and fill out the Book John form. And if you do that, I will personally call you back. Some people are often surprised at that, but I just like the personal touch. I don't have an agent or someone else do that. I feel like the first phone call should come from me, and so it does. And by the way, a lot of people have told me you know, when I arrive on site at a church or a school that, gosh, John, we didn't think it was possible to get you uh, You know, we were amazed that we were able to actually secure your services as a public speaker. And this is, in fact, a ministry to me. And so I do work with churches and schools to try and make my appearance, the seminar, the presentations that I'm going to give at said school or church, an affordable thing. So my saying is, no church, no school, too small for me to uh, pack up and travel your way. This show airs on December the 3rd, which is when you're probably hearing it, and that means the show airs three weeks and one day, or 22 days before the, with a capital T, I with a capital I, climaxes, culminates. And, of course, we all know what I'm referring to when I use the term the insanity. Christmas. Insanity. Christmas is supposed to be the celebration of our Lord and Savior's first coming into the world as a baby. There's actually some debate as to whether Jesus was, in fact, born on December the 25th or even around that time of year. There is a host of evidence, biblical and scientific, 
to strongly suggest that he was born in the spring and probably not the year one. He was probably born in the year two or three, and some biblical scholars have it as late as the year seven. But we mark it his birth in the year one, which is the beginning of the Christian era. And the date, December the 25th, was set by the Roman Emperor Constantine, whom many of you know was the first Christian emperor. He converted to Christianity after becoming emperor, thus ending the persecution of Christians by the Roman Empire. And he decided that in the year 336, he was going to, uh, you know, proclaim, I guess, that the celebration of Christ's birth would take place on December the 25th. A few years later, Pope Julius I officially declared that the birth of Jesus would be celebrated on that day, December the 25th. It just so happens now that the pagans of Europe, the Druids and folks like them who worshipped nature, they were the tree huggers of 2,000 years ago, celebrated the winter solstice on December the 22nd. Now, the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. It is the first day of winter. And apparently that's what Stonehenge is all about, that that arrangement of monolithic stones in the center of England. Fascinating arrangement. Or at the very least, it's what some folks think Stonehenge is all about. It's all about some sort of astronomical observatory that from which people were able to determine by the rising of the sun what the last day of autumn and the first day of winter occurred. Anyway, some people have postulated that Pope Julius set the date of December the 25th for that reason. In other words, because that time of year was already a time of celebration, and he thought that maybe by coinciding Christmas with already existing pagan celebrations, it might be easier to draw pagans into Christianity. Who knows? Apparently, Julius never fully explained himself, or the explanation was never written down and preserved for posterity. In any case, ever since Julius, we've been celebrating Christmas, Christians anyway, have been celebrating Christmas on December the 25th. I would like to propose that Christmas in the year 2016, and this is not the first year that it has been what I'm about to describe it as being, but I would like to propose that Christmas has become, is a pagan celebration. And I would further like to propose that it is a pagan celebration even within 
the Christian community, not entirely a pagan celebration, but it is for most Christians a pagan celebration, whether they understand it as such or not. Let's face it, folks, it is a time of anything but reverence. Now, there are exceptions, individual exceptions to this, and I acknowledge them. If you're out there in my audience, please forgive me for painting with a broad brush, but I do acknowledge that people who do not turn this into a pagan celebration do, in fact, exist and may be listening to this program. Thank you for doing so. But even you are aware that most Christians regard this, again, whether wittingly or not, they celebrate it in uh, a manner that is akin to a pagan celebration. It is a time of anything but reverence. It has become a time of idol worship, of materialism instead of reverence and spirituality. Santa Claus, clearly a practitioner of witchcraft and wizardry, and yes, part of my tongue is in my cheek, is the central figure, not Jesus Christ, even in many, if not most, Christian homes. The Christmas tree, a holdover from the pagan ritual of Saturnalia, named after the Roman god Saturn, not the planet. The planet was named after the Roman god Saturn, and he was, it was, a pagan god, dominates the Christian home at this time of year. The birth of Christ? Forget about it. For children, it's all about a magician flying through the air on an enchanted sleigh pulled by enchanted reindeer, one of whom has a uh, politically incorrect nose that lights up, delivering presents to boys and girls who don't even have to be good to get everything they want and more. It's all about parents who go into major credit card debt to fund this materialistic orgy, It's about a culture that's been taken over by secular pagans who celebrate Christmas or Winterfest or Festivus or whatever they call it, but scoff at the notion of a supreme being who created the time and space of the universe and everything in it, and who took human form some 2,000 years ago and willingly sacrificed his human life in order to offer us eternal life with him in heaven. So where am I going with this? I'm going to a discussion of the latest toy rage, the toy rage for Christmas 2016. This toy rage in question is nothing but a symbol of the insanity that reigns at this time of year. And uh, you can find out what it is by staying tuned to the program. I'll be back in just a few minutes. Again, it's Because I Said So with your host, renegade psychologist John Roseman.
welcome back to the show. I'm your host, John Roseman. And again, the show is called Because I Said So. It's called Because I Said So because that's what I determined that it would be called. In other words, it's called Because I Said So because I said so. How about that? And as the name of the show implies, it's a show that's all about parenting, as we now call it. I prefer the more traditional term child rearing or just bringing them up. Thanks for joining us or thanks for staying tuned, whatever the case may be. The show airs on December the 3rd, which is 22 days before the insanity culminates. And that's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about Christmas, and I've talked about the origins of Christmas, the the manner in which the date of December the 25th was somewhat arbitrarily designated as Christmas Day, how originally Christmas was a time for the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, but has since devolved into a materialistic orgy. It's the time of year when parents, even Christian parents, unfortunately, spend 500 to to $1,000 on things for each of their children. They do things like present their 16-year-old with a brand new BMW and equally absurd things, all presumably in the name of Christ. When, actually, the shortest sentence in the Bible, Jesus wept, is certainly appropriate. So, every year at this time of year, in the fall, a group of clever marketers arbitrarily designate a certain toy as the hottest toy of the season, the toy that every child has to have. The toy in question is generally nothing short of stupid. No one would buy it if it wasn't arbitrarily designated as the hottest toy of the season. This year, the really dumb hottest toy of the season is something called a hatchimal. A hatchimal. H-A-T-C-H, hatch, M-O-L. I-M-A-L, H-A-T-C-H-I-M-A-L, a a combination of hatch and animal. Therefore, as the name implies, it is a toy animal that hatches out of a plastic egg once you activate the batteries inside the egg that cause the furry little beast inside the egg to begin uh, pounding away (laughs) at the inside of the egg and finally break out to the amazement and pleasure of all concerned and especially the child in question. So as I just said, a Hatchimal, it's a furry little beast and you you can go online and you can see pictures of the photographs of these things that uh, comes in a plastic egg, and it's a large plastic egg, like a you know a, a ostrich egg or something like that. And uh, you activate the batteries by pulling these little uh, posts out of the egg, and that causes the furry little beast inside the egg, the Hatchimal, 
to begin the process of breaking out of the egg. And while it's breaking out of the egg, the child in question is supposed to love the egg and keep the egg warm and, you know, sing to the egg and make cooing sounds to the egg and so on and so forth. And apparently, the Hatchimal responds to all of these sounds by making cooing sounds of its own as it's coming out of the egg. And, of course, this excites the child in question, and the child presumably bonds to the egg. This is some form of attachment parenting, apparently. Anyway, while the Hatchimal, this furry little beast, and, and uh, by the way, uh, the, uh, the marketing says that every Hatchimal is different, but they are all far as I can tell, just furry little beasts. They look weird. If you saw one running around your house, you'd call it exterminator. So it makes various noises, letting your child know that it's about to hatch, needs some love, or is simply loving being held and cared for. Again, I can't emphasize enough that these are ugly little beasts, which is why I suppose they need a lot of love. Am I being cynical? Absolutely. It's my job. Anyway, a Hatchimal, in this case, it is my job. Uh, uh, but, but here's the thing, folks. This is a, a symbol of the insanity, the materialism, the, the idolatry that dominates this time of year, even in most Christian households, I maintain. Originally, a Hatchimal cost around $50, which is about 20 times more than the thing is worth. But because they are the rage, and because the manufacturer, who will remain anonymous, can't keep up with demand, the price now ranges from $100 if you're lucky, or $200, or even more, Reports of Hatchimals on eBay selling for $600 a piece have been confirmed. Some parents, in order not to disappoint their little narcissists in training, are actually paying $600 for an ugly little furry beast that breaks its way out of a plastic shell at which point it's nothing but an ugly, furry little beast that your child will have completely forgotten by the middle of January. But other parents are taking a different approach. Rather than risk disappointing their child if they can't find a Hatchimal by December the 24th, they're preempting their child's Christmas morning episode of bipolar disorder with a written apology letter from Santa Claus. That is, in fact, the truth. Parents who are concerned that they may not be able to find a Hatchimal or find an affordable Hatchimal are actually penning letters from Santa to their children, in which Santa, this uh, wizard who flies through the air pulled by magical reindeer, apologizes to their children 
for not having brought them their heart's desire for Christmas 2016. These letters explain how sorry Santa, whose name, remember, is an anagram of Satan and who also dresses in bright red. Oh, and by the way, folks, something does not have to be intentional in order to be satanic. Keep in mind that the serpent is the most clever of beasties. Anyway, these letters explain how sorry Santa is that there won't be a Hatchimal waiting under the tree on Christmas morning, thus preempting the bipolar disorder uh, episode. So these letters of apology that supposedly come from Santa usually promise that Santa will bring said child a coveted little Hatchimal beastie as soon <laughs> as soon as he can to just be patient and try not to have a meltdown in the meantime or think any less of Santa, whose name is an anagram of Satan. I mean, give me a break. This is nuts. And remember, folks, I'm a psychologist. I'm an expert on what's nuts. In fact, this is worse than nuts. It's downright demonic. It's as a consequence of insanity of this sort that I truly wish that Christians would simply give this time of year to the pagans and the secularists among us. I just give it to them. Apparently, it originally belonged to them, you know, Saturnalia, pagan rituals 2,000 years ago before Julius proclaimed, 1,700 years ago before Pope Julius arbitrarily proclaimed December the 25th would be the day we celebrated Christ's birth. So apparently, according to some, the date of December the 25th was chosen in order to placate pagans and attract them to Christianity. So I propose, since Christmas has become a pagan ritual again anyway, that we just give it to the pagans, give it to the secularists, and be done with it. Well, not entirely done with it. Hold on, I'll explain this uh, more fully. What I'm saying is that even for most Christians who may give a nod to the fact that December the 25th is intended to be a celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, it is no longer a celebration of or a acknowledgement of the birth of our Lord and Savior. It has, in fact, even in most Christian homes, uh, unwittingly, I'm sure, become a pagan ritual, complete with a tree that is adorned with various symbols of uh, mostly of a secular sort. So I propose we just give Christmas, December the 25th, back to the pagans and let them do with it what they will. Let them dance around uh, fir trees adorned with symbols of various secular causes, politically correct causes, and the like. And let's move the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior to the first day of spring. 
which is sometimes March the 20th and sometimes March the 21st, and make Christmas a time of worship. No trees, no presents, no Santa, no Hatchimals, or whatever the latest toy mental illness may be. Just Jesus Christ. What a concept. This has been another episode of Because I Said So, carried exclusively on American Family Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time every Saturday. Glad you could join us.